Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and yes, I've been off for a little while, and I'm glad to be back. Uh, for those of you that uh, have been following my story, I had rotator cuff surgery, and and I'm still in a sling, but my mouth works, and hopefully my brain still works, so the, uh, that's all good. And today, I've got a really cool couple of ladies that are living their dream, and they're following their passion, and uh, they are uh, J.D. and Winona Marie. They are authors. Uh, Jade is the current poet of the year. They are founder to the Inspirational Women in Literature uh, movement, and, and they were working with a bunch of ladies that are working to create something wonderful for the fairer sex. And, and uh, with that, I'd like to welcome both to the show. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hi, how are you? <laughs> and you were like, awesome ladies. And I was like, oh, he must have some other guests. <laughs> I'm Jade, by the way. And I'm Wilnona. It's great to have you on here, and and you guys make quite a team. And uh, I, I'm curious to know how did you guys meet? Oh, we're just best friends forever, for forever, like forever. And we're not gonna tell you how many years because you know we're ladies, and ladies don't do that. <laughs> ladies, that's 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 true. But but so you you grew kind of grew up together then, right? Yes, yes, we did. We grew up together. I mean, she's my. Winona's like my best friend in the whole world. Okay, so this is Winona, and I'll tell you how we met. She was born, and there we go. Yeah, there it is. Met. So, uh, I gotta, I gotta ask you, how, which one of you said way back when said, you know, I think I could write. I'm going to be a writer. Which, 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 and what did the other one say? Was it like, are you crazy, or did you guys kind of do this at the same time? That was definitely Winona, a hundred and ten percent Winona. She's been writing <clears throat> many years. <laughs> this is Winona. I got uh, published first time when I was ten years old. So oh. I've been writing since. I've been in a, a professional writer since then. Ten years old. What, what did you write at ten? I wrote a a poem and highlights liked it, so I was published. So you, so you were in the, remember the, the, the old highlight book that the, 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 for kids, I remember that when I was, well, many, many years ago, when I was in elementary school and stuff, they had those in the schools. So you were published on that, um, um, forum. Yep. That's where I was published on. I used to not think it was a big deal that I watched a documentary on how they selected and I went, Oh, okay. That's a big deal. <laughs> wow. So, so when you did that, um, what did your, you know, like the people around you say, did, were they supportive or did they say, oh, come on, don't be silly. You can't do that. No, I, I, I remember we were supportive and I remember many a day sending out query letters. I remember receiving my allowance so she could get more stamps because you had to send like a stamp, uh, like self adjust envelopes. We had to send like two stamps in every query letter. Yes, yes, it does make us kind of old, but they didn't used to do a bunch of email query letters, so you had to do it through the old-fashioned mail. And I remember saving my pennies to help her buy more stamps books 
so she could send it off. This is who knows her. So I guess you know it's been we've been doing it for a while. So it turned out that when I was like seven, my teacher, uh, we had to do this free write for our, a book thing that we do in our cl- in our school. We publish little books and then we read them to the class. And so during the free write, she said that she really loved what she read. She was like, it was one of the most interesting pieces of literature she read. She just wishes I would learn what a plot was. <laughs> and up until that time, I really thought that I would be a doctor that um, did brain surgery because I was really interested in anatomy. And so when I was at, at seven, I changed and decided I wanted to be a writer and my mom and dad were like, okay, so let's figure out how we do this writing thing. And the librarian taught me about how to write query letters and all that stuff. So like eight, nine years old, I'm sending out query letters, hoping that Penguin Random House will pick me up. My gosh. I, you know, there aren't very many people that I've met anyway that, that are so focused on what they want to do and then are willing to follow through to do that because there had to be some times when it wasn't. You, you, did you have any doubt, I guess, would, would be a good way to say it. This is one when I got married, I figured it was time for me to grow up and be real. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. So I quit and writing for um, about a year and a half. And then it turned out the only way to make money for me right then as extra income, because I need extra income, was to write. So I started my own publishing company and I made about $1,000 a month. With your own publishing company? Yes. So, so Winona has been writing forever, and people really liked her books. Right? They, they went home. My, my fans had friends down in North Carolina. We used were everywhere, and when she would read them some of their stories, and so she, they would be like, "Well, you just mail me your notebook, your handwritten notebook, you know, and I'll pay you, and then I'll, I'll pass it on, and then I'll mail it back to you." And Winona did that for like years, so she had this fan base that was just there for her, her stories. So I would write about, this is well known, I would write about a story a week and then I would circulate it around the school and I get paid $5 for them to read the notebook and then they would hand it back to me and the next person would hand it. And when the school part got finished, which meant I had start, finished like four more stories by then, then that then I started going out to the people in Florida and North Carolina and all those people and then they read it and handed it to people and my, my list got bigger and bigger. I mean, that was when I was in high school. So not only are you a writer, you're a hell of an entrepreneur. <laughs> well, I don't think our parents would have had it any other way. They, they wouldn't have had it any other way. You can make your traditional money, but also make another bit of money because you never know when your traditional money is going to leave. Oh, that is that is so true. I, it's it's amazing to me. That not only did you write the stories, you promoted yourself as well. You know, it, it's interesting because uh, um, a while back I was doing some uh, research on authors and how many books are out there and how many actually sell versus how many get self-published and getting a publisher to, to, to take them on and all that. It's a daunting experience if you're a new writer trying to find an a, a outlet for yourself because there are so many uh, places and, and most books don't sell more than 100 copies. So true. Now, I think that like in the 90s, I don't know, was it the 90s or something? I don't know. Not, what was your research say? Anyway, I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, I was reading old, old writer's markets and it went from, there was a huge change from being able to have good writing. They always talk, you need good writing, good structure, good, 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 good. And then all of a sudden, they were, it was like, you need platforms. I felt that if I read what was in the writer's market and literary marketplaces beforehand, 
and then looked at what was available today, I would be able to learn why publishing changed and then change to match publishing. Now, it's been fun, but <laughs> I think that it was better for me to stay on my own path, of course, follow my own passion. Well, and over the course of time, and I, and I know that you don't uh, want to consider yourself like, I don't know, like bragging or anything, but you've been like on ABC and CBS and nationally uh, um, uh, known uh, shows, and you've been in England, you've been in other places, you've read your, your stuff all over the world, uh, if you're in Australia and Greece and Canada and stuff. I, I, are you amazed at the success that you've had, or did you know that this is what, what was going to happen? Well, I'm amazed. I think Winona was just like, we worked hard. I thought you were going to say I knew. I thought you, I really thought because every time she goes, I think Winona just knew like since she was 10. And I'm like, that is so not true. So this time I laugh right before, and then you change it. That's not fair. But I think she like, well, she told me, because I was like a new writer, right? So I started writing on our book and I thought divorce was bad with other life. Lessons. Tell them how you ended up writing. So Winona looks at me one day and she said, so I'm going to need you to write in this book. I'm going to need you to write some poems for this book. And I was like, excuse you? <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm going to need you to. And I was like, all right. You know how, how you just have to look at your best friend sometimes? And you you look in and you're, in your mind, you're like, what? I don't want to do, what are you talking about? But you're like, she's your best friend in the world, so suck it up. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, of course. And, and really, I'm just what is wrong in my head? What is wrong with you? I don't write. I just read things. <laughs> well, but if you're, if you're a good reader and you understand, you know, plot lines and, and how to put things together and, and especially in, in poetry have, by the way, I just had a thought, um, since you write poetry, have you, have you submitted any of your poems to like, I don't know, like a musician to make a song? Uh, no, my dad tries to encourage me to do that all the time. And I said, maybe I'll submit well known as well, because she really is much better than I am. Oh, well, you know, the two of you, you could get together. And I don't know, do you ever hear of a guy by the name of Bernie Talpin? No. Bernie Talpin is a guy that he grew up in England. He met another guy in England and he has never, he doesn't know how to play any instruments, but he's a multi multi-millionaire now because he's the lyricist for Elton John. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Because Elton John, he's a, he's a fine musician and, and is a wonderful uh, um, songwriter, but uh, he can't, he, he doesn't know how to write. And so when he, so he needed somebody to marry along with, and there are lots of great musicians out there that just don't have the flair for putting lyrics together. So, okay, so now you got a new thing on your list. Yeah. Yeah, because we needed another one, right? Well, no. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like you're busy. I'm not gonna lie. Well, no, and I've I've had a list of musicians I'd like to work with. So since I'm since we're talking about this and we've never talked about this before, Ed Sheeran, if you get writer's block, Eminem, if you need one more, three more sentences on a verse, I think I got you. Um, I think there's one more person out there. I can't think of who it is, but yeah, those those are like my top two. Wow. Oh no, okay. no, J Cole, J Cole, if you need if you need a little help, there you go. There you are, because the, the, you, it, it's a really cool way to make a, a statement and a living. Now, when you when you write your stuff, what what is it that you focus on when you're writing? Oh, um, well, when Norma normally comes up with, like, we come up with the book title. Oh. And then and then we go on it. Everything goes, so, 
So I have to tell you the funny story about how Winona returned to actually writing poetry. Do you want to hear a funny story? Of course. Okay, here it is. So, <clears throat> you got anyone that's familiar with Maryland, so get to the Eastern Shore, because I live on the Western Shore, to get to, like, Ocean City, you have to get on Route 50, and you have to go east, of course, right? So, we're going east on, uh, coming through Annapolis, going east on Route 50, and I just look at Winona, and I said, like, a few, like four, four years ago, and I said, you need to return to, to poetry. And she said, oh, so you want me to be broke for the rest of my life? Because poetry <laughs> does not sell. Yeah. And that's what I have to. She has to. So I just... I just know it's time for you to return. You write such beautiful poetry. You have to do it. You have to do it. And she's like, oh, fine. I'll do it. She was like, what would even the book be called? Because, I mean, I don't even have a title, so so I can't do it. And I said, and I thought the voice was bad. <laughs> One of our best books. Let's 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 talk about that book a little bit. Where did where did the title come from? And I suppose it has something to do with the realities that you experienced in your life, right? Well, well, what we were talking about, uh, we were talking about. So she is divorced, and she was like, "So I thought my ex husband was bad. No, no, the, the guys I met after after my ex husband, I was like, wow, wow, you were worse than my. I, that's a hard thing to follow, but you did it." But you did it. But you did it. So I was like, so she was like, I thought, and I've always thought about it when, when I think about her life and how it's been after her divorce. I'm like, man, and she thought the, the divorce was going to be like the worst thing that ever happened. So it really was the marriage and then after. <laughs> yeah. So the divorce, not so bad. Before and after the divorce? No. <laughs> so there it is. And I thought divorce was bad. <laughs> That's it's a great title because you know everybody that's been through that little uh, exercise um, can relate to the fact that that you know um, my my son's as an example has been in several serious relationships and it seems to go from you know like bad to worse and 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 then and then people are the older you get the more difficult people are to get together with and and everybody's got their own baggage that they're carrying and all it's it can be a, it can be a nightmare can it. I actually think my divorce compared to before and compared to after, I think it wasn't so bad. I mean, it took forever. We fought over everything. But, yeah, after, before it was worse. The divorce was definitely better than that. And then after it, it was a little crazy. was a whole lot of nuts with the people I met and, and learning that they were crazy. So, yeah, the divorce part wasn't that bad. I didn't mind taking living up the emotional baggage and all that stuff. No, that was fine. It was getting the emotional baggage from the marriage and then trying to figure out what you're going to do with it afterwards. That was work. Oh, I can imagine. I, I can imagine. It's, you know, and, and it's really hard. So for people that are listening, how do you recommend somebody that is, has gone through or is going through a divorce to get back on their feet and not pick the same guy in a different suit? Well, you know, this is about... Uh, an author who wrote a book about divorce. So the answer is always going to be, by the way, this is well known. The answer answer is always going to be, read the book. (laughs) Also, also, you can write it. And this is Jade, and and we've done done another podcast, and we were telling them, you know, bad things happen, and it just felt like once you wrote it down, it kind of gets out of your brain, like for us. Now, I don't know if journaling works for other people. I know that it's one of the things that they use, 
therapy works also for some people. Oh, that's good. Um, this is one on and I was going to quickly say, like, building off of what Jay just said about writing things down, um, in the middle of our, our second book, and I thought being grown up was easy, we wrote it right before my mother passed away unexpectedly. And she that was like the only thing that she read. It was funny. That story was funny because I had been writing since I was 10 years old, and let's say I was quite a few years older than 10. And my mom comes to me, and she goes, I read your book. And I said, oh, cool. So I thought she had read all the other books I gave her, you know, all throughout my life. And she goes, I didn't know you didn't write romance. <laughs> I'm like, no, mama, like, my, I've never written romance. Like, the first book I ever wrote was like a Mickey Spillane type of noir. I, I don't like romance. And she goes, yeah, I can see that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then she, she passed away. And one of the, the best ways that I, used, that I was able to use to grieve, and of course, Jade, because she knew her and she was, we were, it was really close. We were really close. So writing that book, going back and revising that book, and then writing about grief and stuff in that book was awesome. And then writing our, and then our next book, and I thought I did my journey alone, which I thought I was over it. And then writing, reading the poetry nowadays, I'm like, nah, I was still in the middle of grieving. I think I always will be, but looking at the poetry, you can see the impact, and it's helped a lot. Grief is an individual process, and we all go through it in our own different ways, and, but oftentimes it lasts years, and sometimes it, it never goes away because um, it's, it's, you know, losing somebody that you really care and love is, is a, probably one of the most difficult things that we'll ever go through. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. You know that, and that's why in uh, <laughs> I have to give myself a shameless plug here because one of the people that I've interviewed relatively recently is a guy by the name of John Edward. Are you familiar with him? Wait, I think I. He's a psych. He's a psychic medium, and he uh, um, had the the television show Crossing Over and and uh, Cross Country, and and he he spent an hour with us, and and he his whole premise and what he does with his life is trying to help people work through the grief. And he does that by talking to people on the other side. Um, and I don't know if you buy into that or not, but, but I just thought I'd give you a scene. I'd give myself a shameless plug. We love people that give themselves shameless plugs because that's how you, you give people to go back and listen to other episodes or read your book or pick up whatever. Well, you're doing right people's secrets, Jay. Huh? <laughs> shameless plugs are, are lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. true. Heard shameless plugs on our show as well. Well, that's good. Let's talk about your podcast a little bit. When did you decide to put a podcast together? Oh, <laughs> it, it just kind of um, came together, kind of like all of our life. Like it just kind of comes together in a kooky way, and we go, "Okay, let's go with it." So um, that's how it came together. We had we just got off our uh, interview, like a hundred and twentieth yeah. interview or something, and we said, "Well, we should try to do a podcast." So this is Winona. One of the reasons that I did it was because I decided to take an audio class. I was in college and I was doing, I was trying to finish up three degrees at the same time when I went back to college. Because he's an overachiever. Did you say three degrees? Yes, I finished up three degrees because he's an overachiever. <laughs> well, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool that you were able to do that. Three degrees, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, it was a lot of work. Uh, now that I look back, because before I was like, you're doing a lot of work. I'm like, I don't see you doing a lot of work. But now that I look back, I'm like, yeah, it was a lot. But when I look at my electives I was taking was an audio production class, and we were doing 
we did uh, 125 interviews in three months. And so in order to do those, that group had to keep getting together and getting together and getting together. And I was like, well, you know, I'm taking this class. Let's try doing a podcast. And there we go. The podcast was born. And what's it called again? What is that called? <laughs> it's called The Women's Cave. I think on like iTunes, it's called And I Thought. Yeah. And then it's just, it's easier just to go to our website, which I'm going to shamelessly plug right now, www.andwethought.com. Go to the show page. You can find everything from there. Say that okay. again. So it's to YouTube, Facebook, and Roku. Say, say the name of the website again. Slower. Oh, okay. I was, short, I was shamelessly plugging, so I was like, I had to make it quick. No, no. So it's www.andwethought, not thought, andwethought.com. Awesome. Go there. There's lots of really cool information. And, uh, and you can also uh, uh, get her book. They're their books, which are all really, um, I'm, you know, I haven't read them yet, but I'm going to because I, I they, they look really cool. And you two are just really fascinating individuals. I, I, I just love what you guys do. Oh, thank you so much. We're, I don't know if we're fascinating with something. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the by the way, uh, a gentleman by the name of Cole just just uh, gave us a question. He wants to name go through all of your books and and so and we'll go slowly so that people can um, um, go to Amazon and and pick them out. So name some of the books that you've written again. Whew, that's a long list. Okay, so we have the And I Thought series, which it consists of And I Thought the Voice Was Bad. That's also an audio book on Audible. And I thought being grown up was easy, which is soon to be an audio book, but it's also on Amazon. Um, and I thought I had it all figured out. And I thought I could juggle it all. Um, so my favorite book, <clears throat> I know I'm not supposed to have a favorite, but it's still my favorite. And I thought I did my journey alone, which is a compilation and we wrote some new poetry in it. So it was a compilation of like all the books we did before that. And then our new stuff, which is really cool. I really, really like that book. Just saying. And then we have the Mystic Guide series. And a sassy sway that leads. Okay, I left out something on the end, I thought. But, I mean, they're all there. So. And then we have the Mystic Guide series. A sassy sway with crooked, with, uh, with crooked footprint. And um, Mystic Guides and Cocktail Toys and the LBD. And then we have another one. That is a complete departure, and that and it's if only I were me. Oh, can I we was, can we talk about that? Nona, can, go ahead, Nona. Nona. And I do my books real quick. So I'm the author of the Widows Debt series and Foreign Coffee, and it'll be coming out soon. It's free falling and loving it, and there's a lot of Widow Debt series books. So there you go. Jade would like to tell a story about if only I were me. If you unless you had a question, which is more important than my story. No, go, go ahead with the story. Okay, so the story was, if only I was me. <laughs> so Nona and I, like, we had just got back from our England tour, and we were sick. We were so sick. And people were just, like, emailing us, and they were like, you guys are so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And we just didn't feel it. And we were like, if only we were the people that they thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then that's what came out of it, was, if only I were me. Well, you, you do understand that you are the people that they thought you were. Well, I, well we do understand it now because, you know, it's sunshiny and we're over our coals and, and life looks better. 
I'm fine. I, I, we were like, oh, oh, and it cut off. Interesting. <laughs> That's our life, for, you know, in a nutshell. What, you <laughs> Something know, great. You know, what's interesting about that is sometimes people that are, um, have got, because here's my, now this is the first time that we've met. Here's my judgment of you two. You're high energy. You've got a lot of positive things to say. And sometimes when you're high energy, you can, you can affect the uh, stuff going on around you, the electricity and stuff. So you can, you can actually like, like, uh, John Edward, he, he, uh, um, has to wear four microphones because he tends to blow them out. And sometimes when you are high intensity, high energy, that kind of shit just happens. You know what I mean? Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that. That should be like my new tagline. I'm so high energy. That just happens around me. It does. It does. And I'm I'm truly amazed that uh, that you guys because it is really hard. And I can't stress this enough. It's really hard to be a successful author, and and it, it, it's it's really tough. And you guys have, have done that. And you also write together and are still friends. I think that's pretty cool too. <laughs> I mean. I I think that, that I've been reading Winona's writing for so long, and I've been, like, making her actually funny. <laughs> yeah, for so So we're, it's kind of funny because um, this is the first time someone's interested in a, in a romance, a literary agent was, was interested in my romance. And I was like, Jade, I'm going to go, you know, write this romance. I'm going to finish uh, reading up this role, reading the romance, looking over it one more time before I send it in. And she was like, oh, no, 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 I need to read it. And she's not wrong. It's a whole lot funnier now. Because <laughs> she's like, now this is the joke you were trying to say, and this is what everyone else is hearing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's that's not funny at all. And then she's like, so this is the joke you need to tell. Wow. So so, uh, um, Jade, are you a comedy writer as well? Uh, no, no. Everyone, one comedy script, and you did most of it. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. But um, no, everyone just told me I was really, really kind of funny. But Winona is like the funniest person I know. Like, she doesn't try to be funny, but she's just hilarious in the things that she does. So, I, everyone says I have a really great one-liner or so. They're like, oh, that's really great. You know, you have great quips. So, yeah, I guess. It translates really well to the written page. Your work does. Well, you know, um, I, since we've been talking, I have now got, you, you now are going to become lyricists for a, a major headlining musical act, and you're going to write scripts for TV. Oh, no, we already have scripts for TV. Sorry, which one? And I thought I had it all figured out. That is our book that we um, we wrote as a script. So we were like, well, we kind of want to write a script, but we don't know if we have it quite right, so we kind of put it in the book form. And then we have the managers. And it's also in a book form. That's also in a book form, and it's a script as well. Now, have you you, uh, submitted those to any uh, um, uh, production companies? Oh, we're talking to a few. Um, it's probably never going to happen, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. I want you to... Uh, hold on, hold on. I want you to reframe that statement. I don't want you to say it's never going to happen. I'm just... I want you to say it hasn't happened yet, but it will. It hasn't happened yet, but it maybe will. And it's not... We can just put it as an audible script. How about that? We'll have an audible script, and it'll be real funny. We'll have different people play the characters, and we'll still laugh about it. Audio drama. Why not? I this is l- on a When I wrote this, she said, oh, we have an audio drama. 
And I said, no, I have a TV script. So then we ended up flying back and forth to L.A. to take meetings. And uh, she's like, well, maybe we have a TV script. And then stuff didn't. And we're like, well, and then right when we were getting at that good point, I went, I think we have an audio drama. Let's call the voiceover people. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm in. If you if you like my voice, you can use it. Oh, ooh, okay. Right. I'll write you down. We'll write you down. Yes, please. Yes, please. Because I would, I would love to do, I would love to do that. And and you guys, you guys are uh, have got gold all around you. You know that. <laughs> um, I think it might be just our tan. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we're missing our normal Greek tan. Yeah, like normally uh, go to the Greek islands to get a good tan. So it's not exactly golden. It's not exactly golden. Let's go. When we have bronze around. Uh, no, no, we might have gold because you know. You just put a little highlighter on our pan, and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Right. There it is. We'll have gold. Then we'll have gold all around it. Yes, indeed, because you guys, you guys are something special, and, and it's 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 great to talk to you. Uh, if you would like to give now, you write a lot about uh, women's issues. Um, I want to give you a little bit of time to what, that we have together to talk about some of the things that you're passionate about, about women's issues, and uh, so that you can speak to some of the ladies in the audience. Uh, our first book, um, and I thought the voice was bad, was other life lessons. You know, it's a long title, but it has. It starts off with um, a poem about emotional abuse and how people um, they just couldn't see. They couldn't see all the all the stuff. Like someone's like, "Hey, I really am hurting," and they're like, "Well, he hasn't beat you, so you're fine." But really, he emotionally abused it, and basically, she was dealing with that, and she's telling everyone, "Could you just?" Could you just understand that I went through a really, really hard time? It was an emotionally abusive relationship, and I really need time to heal. This is one of the, and the second poem is, uh, I bet you she's going to make me read that poem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she is. (laughs) The second poem in the book dealt with a lady who had grown up, and she was trying to figure out a lot about her life, and she recognized it stemmed a lot from the emotional abuse that she saw. And so that was from the child, from the perspective of a child in an emotionally abusive relationship, which she would want to say to her mom and dad at that time. So that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. And um, so we got to talk a lot about that. And I was a survivor from an emotionally abusive relationship. And Jade would like me to read the poem. If we can. That started our entire career, if we can. Absolutely. What's her, it's called a shiner. What's her problem is my name. Propriety was my claim to fame. Charity for others was my thing. Who had time for anxiety and worrying? Friends flocked to me for my good sense. I saved every dollar, yen, or pence. What is her problem is my name. I live in a transformation game. I am healing. I am dealing. Yet the whispers sound ever crisper. When will she change back? She's mentally cracked. They remember when on any day was nostalgia. There was a time we couldn't have been prouder. Why does she spend to be happy? Why does she cry? It's so sappy. I will answer all of you now. I am broken, beaten, and bruised. I don't like the reality this has exposed. I ask myself, am I weak every day? If so, how and in what way? I pondered when I stopped being the girl you love and know. I want to change from his mold. I can't describe what they can't see. See, I'm still wounded and bloody. 
I hate your patronizing smiles and speech. I disapprove of how they see me as a social leech. I need time to find me. I admit to the years that have passed. I don't know why the effects have lasted. I beg you to believe me, the memories are repressed. I say this because these injuries have festered. I know my sadness will jump out at any time. I know my emotions as an improper crime. I cry not to cave in amongst my thoughts. I ask foolish to chase off all my pensive haunts. I ramble so no one will know my bones weren't set. I use the cast of jovialness. I recuperate in a normalcy that breaks my brain callously. See, I disregard rules, not to seem cool. I learn they don't apply unless he gave me a black eye. Oh my gosh. That is sensational. Thank you. I'm picturing my, in my mind, I'm picturing as you're writing this down that it is, the tears are falling onto the page. Well, I mean, Alexis Rose wrote it and we just kind of helped her out with some of her wording. So I, yeah, I think Alexis really fast. Oh, yeah, Alexis kind of wrote it really fast, but she, uh, she was laughing while she was writing it. So everyone says that. And I'm like, you don't understand. We were, she was having a really good time writing this poem. And we were like, this is a sad poem. Why are you laughing? She was like, because finally I get to like get it out of my head. Like it's on a page now and I, and I can maybe move on from this. That, well, and that is therapy. That's a great way yeah. of, of, of getting past because, you know, we look, we look at physical abuse and a black eye and, and uh, broken bones or, or bloodied up and, or whatever, but I, I tend to believe that the, the more that the, the toughest part is the, the, the mental abuse because that stays with you and nobody can see it and it's hidden. And, and you have to deal with it. And people don't want to talk about it. They say, you know, and you, you're right. You got me going now. You're right. And it's like, what's your problem? You, you shouldn't have a problem. You know, he didn't beat you up, but he did. Uh, yep. Yeah. So like, they can't see it. And that's why they don't understand that it's happening or don't understand that this person needs, needs time and love and hugs and encouragement. And, hey, if you have to drive them to their therapy session, do that because you're a friend. Drive them. Drive them. Why not? When Jade says this, like, she has helped. I think we have. We don't talk about it. But anyway, she helped a few people through through abusive relationships. A few people escaped them. She helped them build their lives back up again. So, like, when she says, be a friend and be there, she knows what she's talking about. (laughs) And so I was like, I feel bad because sometimes, um, because I I was one of, I survived an emotionally abusive relationship that got really scary. Um, But, um, I think one time we were on a podcast, she was like, you, sometimes you have to hear the same story like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And then like time 101, they're like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> and she's like, and the hardest part is keeping that same reaction. Like, all right, I understand a hundred times. Not saying I heard the story before. They're like, no, they're working through it. They're working through it. They'll get it done. And yeah, I hun- time 101, I think I was done. Yeah, it was one time she started telling the story and I looked at her and I was like, okay, what? And she was like, you know what? I've told you this story before. I need to leave that in the past. And inside, I was doing, like, a dance. I was like, yes, recovery, progress, all right. (laughs) 
Okay, I got I got a question for you guys because you've dealt with um, uh, abusive people. I personally don't understand that um, how somebody can be, how somebody could say they love you and be abusive at the same time. Can you guys kind of enlighten me a little bit on on how some of the behaviors is it because of how these guys grew up? Is it the is it the 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 uh, hate and failure and division and fear that they felt when they were why is it that some people can be um, uh, uh, emotionally abusive to people who they say they love um, sometimes it is how they grew up uh, sometimes it's not sometimes it's just them not analyzing their own their own behavior like they think they're doing like they're helping you and you're not helping me you're, you're being really really abusive <laughs> like they just they don't understand it, and and we hope that people will do stop and, and think about it and think about how they treat others because if you don't, and you might be out here hurting people's feelings and really scarring them for the rest of their life. It is such a, it is such a sad thing that because what happens to people is that they can be emotionally abused like that, and then they tend to believe the story that is being told out of that, and they can carry that with them for years, um, and it can affect every aspect and every relationship that they have going forward. Have you found that to be true? They can. They can do that. Um, people can carry it with them for years. I mean, so many studies out here now that I talk about it on um, yeah, I'm gonna let Winona talk about that. <laughs> when you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, it becomes like your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then the smaller your world is, the more they can control a narrative. And then they just hammer in that narrative until all your thoughts go through that narrative. So it changes your entire way of thinking. Marilyn Hawes, who are one of the charities we support in the UK, who deals with child abuse. Um, she was saying, like, if someone can abuse you under the age of 25, if you have someone who in your life who is emotionally abusive or physically abusive, it rewires the way your brain processes things, information. So it's important to break out of that habit so you can start kind of rewiring your brain back to being normal. That's easier said than done. And that's a lot easier said than done. Because you recognize that every thought that you have goes through the narrative of what someone else has said. And then you do according to what they have put in your head. Yes. It's almost like an instinct at some point. So changing your instinct comes by continuously doing a positive thing over and over and over again. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just think about exercise. When you exercise every day, your body wants the exercise. When you stop exercising for a couple of weeks, your body no longer wants the exercise. <laughs> it literally is the same thing. That's 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 so true. And and listening to the story that's in your head that got put there by the relationship or by somebody that was abusive to you or bullied you when you were a kid. When you when those thoughts come up, you need a mechanism and a way to get away from them. How do you guys, or how did you, Winona, how did you get through that abusive relationship and come out the other side as a strong person that you are? It was hilarious. I read, I don't, I don't know, maybe, you know, 
since I've mentioned about like a lot of the stuff I read and stuff. So one of the things that I have read before I got married was psychology books. And it was funny because I, you could see it happening. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't under, really understand it. But then the more he became emotionally abusive, the worse he was, the more he kept saying, like, I wish you were never born, that sort of stuff. I kept saying in my mind, now I feel that's the opposite. So I would just tell myself the opposite. Cool. And, you know, it was not. It was not a healthy way to deal with it. Do mm. not deal with it the way I did. You, you will end up with repressed memories. You know? Yes, you will. <laughs> I mean, every psychology book I ever read said you would, and they didn't lie. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But it helped me continue to remember who I was and to be stronger. And eventually, one day, and Jade, oh my goodness, Jade, Jade kept coming over. Jade refused to, like, she would, like, like I'll meet you down the block. Just go for a walk, and I'll meet you down the block. I'll pick you up and go around and do stuff. So she was a huge portion of that. My mother back then, she was a huge portion of that as well, like, keeping me strong. But... It, None of that really helps until you see it for yourself. And I think I've told this story uh, before. I was doing something, and then I went, "No, no, I, I can't, I can't see what you're saying is correct." And then that's when I understood that I was in an emotionally abusive relationship, and things needed to change. Although he left me, so there we go. Well, but you know what? Thank God he did, mm-hmm. because yeah. it allowed you to become the woman that you are and the strong individual. Who adds? By the way, I gotta I gotta get this out. We we're talking with Winona and Jay. They are authors of note, and they're podcasters. They uh, have have many books out. Go to their website again, which is www.andwethought.com. Go by. Go ahead. Okay, so we're also authors, but we do put out like two different magazines as well. Oh, yes, you've had our editor on, Brandy M. Miller, which is, we would never be able to do anything without her in our magazine. So our magazines are the 25 Hottest Indie Authors, Artists, and Advocates, which is available now, and it's 196 pages. So, yes, that is a behemoth of a magazine. But if you're bored and in social distancing, now might be the time to get to grab it up. How can they get it? Uh, you go to our website, www.andwethought.com. It's right there on the bottom of the homepage. It says The Magazine. You just click this, click the magazine and you'll go right on over to it. We also have the Literary Magazine, which will be coming up in June. We are currently taking submissions. You can do that by using our Contact Us form. And we do a bunch of events, which can also be found on our website, the Thoughtful Book Festival, which is one of the... It used to be, I'm sure after this year, it won't be. There used to be only three virtual book festivals in the country. I'm pretty sure this year there'll be many. I but think. yeah. Since you can't go out of the house. Exactly. And we Inspirational Women in Literature, Media, and Journalism Awards. Very good. So speaking of which, because you guys are got your, your fingers in a lot of stuff all over the place. How are you guys handling this, this stay-at-home thing? Well, I think there are like a lot of memes going around, like a writer before this happened in their house writing and a writer during the pandemic in their house writing and then a writer after the pandemic in their house writing. So, yeah, we, we just, um, we, we have more laptops going now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're just in our house. We're trying to create some awesome content to like stay off boredom for people and trying to stay busy. Trying to stay busy. Are you, are you, 
Yeah, we are only being busy. Like I think we're, we we ramped up our interviews to one. We have now like one a day now because you know people are home; they can do the interview. And they're like, "Oh, I have time for this interview," and you're like, "Okay." So now we have one a day, and then um we started right Readers Wednesdays. So now we have book those book reading Wednesdays. People are coming on to reading books, and then we did a, we just did a writers conference like two weeks ago. Yeah, busy. In fact, we're trying to plan some time off, and then we just got asked like rewrite a book cuz someone was interested in so we're doing that as well. Wow, you guys you guys are really busy. And and by the way, you're really cool. I have really enjoyed spending time together with you. Oh, thank you so much. So I have another favor to ask of you. You may. Yeah, so here it is. So since we read our sad poem, we wanted to leave our, your listeners on a happier, funnier note. Perfect. So can we read another one? Yes, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go. All right, this one is from If Only, if, yeah, If Only I Were Me. It feels weird not to say And I Thought or Misfit. <laughs> yeah, right? right. If, only, if Only I Were Me. It's called Once Upon a WTF. If Cinderella had my life, the pumpkin would have still had seeds inside that dripped, dripped down from the ceiling. The dress would be radiant white on day one of my period. The seeds would align to make a slimy, shimmering line of beads gunking up my natural hair. And a one-time, one-day use-only style. It would mean tearing up as the wind came whipping in through the windows that can't be shut. The horses would see cheese in the middle of the road and be distracted. As we pulled up to the castle steps, the royal cats would hiss, and the mice would run for their lives, leaving me hanging on to the slippery insides of a pumpkin door, my dress flapping in the wind, screaming, Help! Atop, at the top of my lungs. My rescuer would be all handsy, kind of like a human toad but they would be expertly cupping what ought not to be touched. My glass heel would break before I got into the ballroom, but I'd work it out and I'd have this gracious limp going on. The prince would have to meet the curious girl with the shiny curly goo hair, but a sheen like a diamond ring with the smell of pumpkin pie just wafting off for every inch of her. He would lead, my, he would lead my, me to the dance floor and fill up my dance card with suave movements and connecting over improvements on his favorite childhood recipes that I could bake for him later. My pumpkin would get a flat before they turned back to their natural states. If only Cinderella could have lived a day in my shoes. Housework would turn into yard work and light construction. My stepsisters would be mean and beautiful. And I'd be the literal black sheep of the family. The prince would scour the kingdom for my stepsisters and her red bottom shoes. I would li- happily live in the kitchen, turning out his favorite one meal every day, but writing in my spare time. I would retire to a cottage and have many tales to tell. The best-selling one would be about a pumpkin with a busted vine tire on the side of the road and me standing there in rags. When I read for the royals at their home, he would offer me the courtesan position, which I would animately refuse, with a backhand slap of one of my best-selling books. Two years later, he would ask me to be his second wife because he misses my cooking and our late-night chats over shared snacks in the, in the closed kitchen, and I would turn him down and return to writing a best-selling expose about almost being a princess. On second thought, I bet Cinderella would want to be me. Wow. Be it. 
<laughs> that you know, you guys got talent. Maybe you ought to write a book or some poems or something. That would be really cool. <laughs> Yeah, we should try that. Maybe it'll, maybe, maybe it'll work out. Maybe, it'll, maybe it will. Oh, I, I know it's going to work out. By, by the way, and what I always like to do with people like you that, that are living your dream, living your passion, even though I'm sure day to day it doesn't feel like it's a dream, and you're, but you're successful. You're being interviewed all over the planet. You're doing all sorts of really cool things. I would like you to give our audience some advice on how they can achieve their dream, whatever it is. Uh, never give up. Um, never give up. And when you think about giving up, never give up. That's true. Ramona's advice is to remind you that when people put challenges in your way, to please make it your personal goal to prove them wrong. Unless, obviously, it's something wrong. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> They're like, I don't think you'll ever murder someone. Don't murder someone. Don't, don't, don't make that your goal. But, yeah. But for your goals, for your life dreams, yeah. If someone puts something in your way, just be like, I think I can still do this. Because the only reason that we got here is because someone told us that we couldn't go on a national book tour. And I got mad. And we ended up with 25 interviews in three months and not only was it national we ended up in london on national tv for england and scotland and ireland and all that stuff and then someone said well you can't keep writing these books and uh i got mad and we wrote more <laughs> don't so the moral of that story is don't piss you off whatever it is <laughs> you can be you can be really special uh oh you can Yes, and I hope and and I hope you've enjoyed our time together because I've I've had a wonderful time. We've had a wonderful time. Thank you so much for having us on. And and just just go to the go to their website again. You can find the magazines, the books. There's they've got a bunch of interviews. Um, and the the uh, website again is ladies. www and we thought not and we thought and we thought dot com. I love it. And you guys, you guys have a great day. Stay on the line. I want to talk to you after the show ends, but I need to let our audience go and uh, go about their day and, and stuff. And by the way, another shameless plug, go to my independence report. I've got a hundred episodes that are uh, not, they're not all quite as good as this one, but they're close. And you can go there and listen to uh, uh, a bunch of people doing great things. Uh, Gary Zukov, Neil Donald Walsh, John Edward, the, the, a bunch of folks. To, you can, since you've got nothing better to do except sitting around the house, you might as well do it. And uh, by the way, my name is Kevin McDonald and for Winona and Jade, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And uh, I'm going to be back tomorrow with another podcast and that'll be about noon so i hope that you have a wonderful day and take care of yourself everybody be safe wash your hands and take care of each other hey and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end hey pretty cool hey don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts and remember take care of each other because each other's all we've got see you next time on my independence report